the Koi Gig part on Off The Ball. I'm much more confident in my own skin going into it. We're very organised. Eileen's extremely organised. I feel like everyone's just jumping at the bit to get in there. Subscribe to the Koi Gig pod on the Off The Ball app now. Off The Ball Breakfast. Ireland's sports breakfast show. Now, former Ireland international and new CEO of Treaty United, Kira McCormack, joins us. Kira, good morning to you. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? Yeah, pretty good. So, um, walk us back a little bit. I, I read today that your original plan was to try and set up a team in West Cork. And, you know, West Cork, Limerick, not exactly the same thing. But um, uh, lo and behold, here you are in charge of Treaty United. Yeah, um yeah, basically, I guess uh, my mom's from West Cork and I have a load of cousins that are like still live down there and in, involved in soccer. Um, and so, yeah, my initial idea was to have a women's team in West Cork. And um, it is quite funny how that's progressed. Um, but basically, I reached out to the League of Ireland. Um, they sort of mentioned to me they were moving towards like professionalizing um, just the whole setups with clubs in Ireland and having kind of a full suite of, you know, men's, women's youth academies. So it wasn't sort of as simple as just parachuting in and doing a women's team. Um, And then they mentioned, um, they said, well, there is a club in Munster that could use help on the women's side, Treaty United. And it just happened that Mary Curtin was one of my best friends playing for Ireland and she was a player and a coach at Treaty. So that was sort of the segue into Treaty. And then last year, um, I approached the board about bringing over some, um, just subsidizing some Canadian girls to come over just because, I kind of have a bleeding heart towards Canadian women's soccer and just the lack of opportunities there. Um, and so they were very skeptical, I think, of just sort of they couldn't really wrap their heads around a that there was no league or no pathway in Canada because we had just won the gold medal. Um, and just I think the whole kind of idea, like just to kind of almost silver platter them, a bunch of good players on the girls side. Um, but anyways, they. I uh, didn't have a great season last year, reached out at the end of the year. Um, and then that was kind of how then I, I kind of, I brought over the girls kind of delivered on everything I said I was going to do and then, um, approached them when I, you know, and then I was obviously, I, I played myself. So I was kind of right in the mix of everything. And then, um, yeah, in like March, April, I was again, kind of talking to the board and just said, you know, would you guys be open if I found investment and they were, and then that kind of just led on the whole journey that um, culminated with the announcement last week. Well, that's um, a, a potted history in, in two minutes with loads of little bits. And, and obviously I was playing, dropped in in the middle of it. So <laughs> are you just yeah. addicted to football? Is that what this is? Uh, yeah, I think I was actually joking. My friends in college used to joke that I'd be like 40 years old and still playing soccer. And now I'm like the jokes on them because I'm going to try and be 50, year old, 50 years old still playing soccer. Um, no, I mean, I love it. Like, Obviously, like my journey through it's been quite well documented, like the good parts and the, the bad parts, obviously. But um, yeah, I mean, I've, I I love this sport. I love the good side of it. I love all the, the positive stuff that um, it can bring and how it can change people's lives for the better and, and all that. And obviously just like like addicted to playing myself. Um, so, yeah. I, it's, I, I definitely love soccer and um, def, this is like a dream scenario for me, to be honest. Before we get into the serious part of how you managed to attract uh, investment, it's going to be very difficult for the manager next season to drop the uh, owner slash CEO <laughs> from the team here, Kira. 
Well, it's not confirmed yet that I'll be playing. Okay. But, um, no, but if I mean, you are, it's like, oh, oh, where do you want to play this week, boss? <laughs> no, I'm I'm a pretty I'm a pretty straight up person, and I'm the last person that would want to be on a field because of anybody. You know, yeah, no, it's not it's not my style. And if I did continue, that'd be extremely clear. So, yeah. Okay. You're totally droppable is what I'm hearing. I'm very droppable <laughs> with a good attitude. In fact, I have 20 years of a history to back me up on that. So uh, so how did you convince a Canadian business to invest in soccer in Limerick? As far as I know, this is their first investment outside of Canada. Is that correct? No, they're quite they're okay. quite heavy in the food market and real estate. I think as well in the U.S. as uh, North America, they're that's where they do their investment. Um, they 100 percent were not on the hunt for uh, an Irish soccer club to invest in. Um, it was basically the um, the founder of Tricor's son is a good friend of mine. We um, we, we grew up actually in the same town, um, but he went to the private school. I went to the public school, and then we actually met at Yale. We both went to school there. Um, so anyways, we've stayed good friends um, since university. He ended up going to UCC to med school and met his wife, who's from Cork. Um, he actually randomly spent some time um, in Limerick for three months doing his residency, which I actually just found out through this whole process. But yeah, no, I, I basically... Um, yeah, I, I had approached him back in the like West Cork idea days. And, um, you know, anyways, we basically approached his dad. Ted Lasso came along as well in the meantime. And we cracked jokes about how this is our little Ted Lasso project. Um, anyways, yeah, we went to his dad. And I think initially his dad kind of humored us with the meeting, you know, where we were popping off about this opportunity in Ireland. Um, and then, you know, I think the more that they kind of like looked into it and even to be honest, like I had no idea that they, you know, that it, they have, I mean, their family portfolio is, it's massive. They're one of the biggest probably in Canada for like a family office. Um, they're very humble people. Like, like I said, I had no idea the kind of the depth and breadth of what um, Tricor Pacific is, but the more I learned even about them and how they run their business and they're all about long-term vision and sustainability and people and treating people properly. And, um, you know, just tons of values that like line up with me and honest to God, it, they couldn't be a more perfect investor in the sense that they're not popping into, you know, the goal is not to, you know, make tons of money or whatever, you know, like it's, it's more to build something again, financially viable and sustainable and that benefits the community in the long term. So, um, yeah, they basically then came, came back, um, later in it, like towards, yeah, like I guess the late spring, and then it's just been a matter of working it out with treaty, just the due diligence process and all that stuff through the last few months to finally get the thing done. What was the thing about treaty that sold it to them, to the investors? Um, you know, I think it's kind of my enthusiasm around treaty and like what I see as the potential around it. Um, I guess I, I guess I could be convincing if I'm really, you know, believe in something. Um, and, you know, but honestly, like I look at Limerick and I, I look on, I look even at the Irish league with kind of the lens of sort of watching North America and just use Vancouver as an example. Um, you know, Greg Kerfoot, the owner bought the Whitecaps for a hundred thousand of debt in 2002. And now the Whitecaps is worth half a billion dollars and is a, you know, corporate machine, fully professional. So, I mean, just in my own city, witnessing kind of the evolution, from volunteer run up to, you know, uh, just like very sustainable business. Um, you know, I see a lot of the same sort of, I, I see Ireland being in a similar transition phase where I, 
there's a lot of potential. There's tons. I mean, the Midwest of Ireland has 500,000 people. Um, you know, there's incredible coaches. Like that's the thing I have to say. I've been so impressed as a player within treaty and just seeing like the volunteers are first class. The coaches are first class. Like there's so many unbelievable people around, um, the club. And I just think, again, it just needs some structure. And yeah, with that sort of professionalization, I see huge potential. And, um, you know, again, even from a playing perspective as well like all the teams are training twice a week and like we have youth internationals in our club um you know playing you know internationally and they're training twice a week so i look at that from a playing perspective as well and think like you know if we train more if we throw in proper resources even just on that level how much better could we make the players within the club and anyways i i so yeah with that same enthusiasm i basically went to tricor and i don't know yeah they they ended up sort of um jumping on board and like i said they were very skeptical kind of in the beginning, but now like super, super excited and, and they're going to come over next year probably. And it's, yeah, everyone's really excited about it. It, it is a city that has had a pretty recent record of showing the evidence of, you know, build it and they will come. I mean, obviously there's been people who've been, you know, Munster Rugby fans and Limerick Hurling fans their whole life. But when Munster Rugby started to get their house in order, particularly with the turn of professionalism in rugby and same with Limerick Hurling over the last half a decade or more, they've definitely garnered a, a stronger support, a more fervent support. And it just kind of shows that even with uh, a, not a small base, because they've always had big bases, but they can certainly grow from there and make something that feels like it's already a capacity into something much bigger. So then when you take it to football and you certainly look at maybe the, the women's side of the game in, in Limerick, the exponential growth that is a possibility for Treaty must be something that, that really wowed the investors and really persuaded them to, to get in behind this. Yeah, well, it was it was funny because, um, you know, one of the like Rod, who's the founder of Tricor, he's been to he tells a really funny story about how he was visiting um, Riley at UCC and they were walking down the street and all of a sudden there was a sea of red and um, they were kind of trying to, you know, see what was going on and then ended up finding out that it was, I think, a hurling match between Limerick and Cork and, you know, ended up in the stands um, and he said he bought, I think, a green hat just because it was a sunny day but didn't realize the significance and found himself stuck like smack in the middle of the cork section with a limerick you know green hat um anyways and and so then you know obviously they are just the dumb canadians in the midst of like um you know this crowd so they have seen it firsthand in terms of like you know they have seen the huge crowds at you know an irish hurling match and um you know so so again yeah absolutely like they that that potential is there and and like you said i think you know it's just like with anything it's it's branding is everything how things are portrayed and and i think again like what treaty the board and the volunteers of treaty have built is absolutely on honest to god like unbelievable so commendable um and the foundation's been laid there but yeah i think for sure once you start to layer that on with um you know myself and mary Curtin are going to be full-time um and you know being able to sort of build those relationships corporately and and branding and, and all those sort of things to sort of you know just just yeah, give give it probably a bit of a different feel for next season. I think for sure those that building that type of following is possible. Have you have you started to think about your importance as being, um, I guess, one of the female CEOs in a in a big 
Irish sports organisation or something that will become hopefully a, a bigger Irish sports organisation over the, the next little while because it's timely looking at some of the issues that the FAI are currently trying to deal with, trying to deal with, with uh, uh, gender balance on their board and they've essentially had to, to postpone big meetings in, in, the, in the last couple of weeks in order to, to, to get that gender quota. This is, uh, has been a big topic of conversation in Ireland over the last couple of years, obviously, since the, the FAI crisis has been blown wide open and it will continue to, to be so. Is that part of the conversations you're happening in terms of uh, specifically the role of women in the boardroom in Irish football? Um, I mean, I, I think I understand in terms of like how unique it is and the responsibility that comes with that for sure. I mean, I think as, you know, as players, again, Mary and I played many times at Tallis stadium in front of, you know, friends and family that maybe moved into three, 400 people back in, you know, the 2010s. And, you know, just to even see, you know, that 37,000 people were at the Aviva. I was at the game in Australia with Ireland and Australia with 75,000 people. So, I mean, I, I definitely think on a, you know, on a corporate level, for sure, there's so much um, potential there on the women's side that is untapped. And part of it is branding. And, you know, women's sports have always been sort of the just thrown off to the side, secondhand citizen, you know. So, you know, I, I think I'll also so, you know, and again, witnessing what happened at the World Cup final with the whole situation with Spain and Jenny Hermoso. And, you know, that's a reality, unfortunately, for, you know, most women would see what happened with, with the whole thing at the World Cup and in the final and, and just kind of, you know, just another situation. And that's not, you know, specific just to soccer. And, and I do think you need to have diversity now in leadership and you need a different perspective that makes the whole sport better. It gives, you know, it, anything with more than one perspective is going to be something um, that's more significant. And so I think for me, for sure, like I look forward to kind of, you know, obviously everybody has a different leading style and my experiences as a woman and a woman in soccer will, will for sure play into how I lead treaty, not because I'm trying, but that's just, I'm a genuine person. And of course you're going to bring your own authentic situation to whatever you, whatever you do. So yeah, so that, that piece of it for sure, I think it, it's important and it's a, an honor and a responsibility and it's something I'm really looking forward to. We wish you the very best of luck with it, Kira. It's a remarkable story of, uh, uh, I don't know, just seeing something and going for it. Uh, has the ownership structure been made public? Are you part owner? I am. Is there a percentage that's public or does that? No, no, we're keeping it. We're keeping all of the financials and all the Fair enough. That piece of it under wraps. And tell me, is there a name change potentially on the agenda? Yeah, I mean, I, I think there's a quite a loud cry of people that want to have Limerick back in the name. So, like this season, it's just too ter- like just sort of practically with like ordering kit and all that sort of stuff. And to be honest, I think it's kind of a fun endeavor to kind of like have the community involved in you know rebranding, yeah. changing the name, and that kind of thing. So, I think we're basically getting our feet underneath us. We have a very quick turnaround into next season, and I think I think for sure, I would say moving into 2025 season and there'd be a possibility of a rebrand. Well, best of luck with everything, Kira. Uh, sincerely, it would be amazing for um, the football team in Limerick to uh, be back to where it could really be. So we wish you the very best of luck. Thanks a million for joining us. Thanks for having me. It's Kira McCormick there, the new CEO and part owner of Treaty United. Off the ball, breakfast. Ireland's Sports Breakfast Show.